welcome to episode 19 of The Offline Gamer. I'm Ray. And I'm Matt. And welcome to spring Is it spring? Technically, because it's not technically winter anymore. Okay. The clocks go forward. Spring forward, fall back. Yeah, there you go. They go back. They go go forward next week. Yep. So it must be spring. Great. Oh, that's good. It's extra in bed, isn't it? No, if they go forward, we lose an hour. Yeah, you lose an hour. Oh. Next Sunday and it's Mother's Day. Oh, yes. Proper Mother's Day, not American Mother's Day. So, what have we been up to since last time? Not a lot, I don't think, actually. No. So this might be a short episode, but we'll see. Mind you, we say that sometimes and we still manage to ramble on for an hour, so... True. Well, as some of you may remember, we mentioned we are going to be doing a charity games night. Um, we did that and we raised £60. Woo, go Woo-hoo. us. Yay! Um, we had a total of six raffle prizes we gave away. We did. Um, and congratulations to our top three, who were Sean, Claire and Paul. Yeah, they all got uh, games and or vouchers for various things. So Manalik and Cakes and Ladders. Yep. We thanked them last time, didn't we? Yes. We're thanking you again. Hi, thanks, guys. Cheers. Other than that, well, I think the the the, the evening itself went very well. It did. We got... How many people did we end up having in the end? 10? 12? Something like that, yeah. I think at peak it was maybe 11 or 12. Yeah, before people started to filter away towards the... Uh, after a couple of hours. Yeah, then... it was a, it was a midweek on a school night at work. Yeah. Um, so, understandably, people want to go home and snooze. Um, we'll talk a bit about the games we played uh, in our What We Played section in a few minutes. Yep. Other we've, news? Other news. Uh, the tickets for the Great Indoors are available now, which we will be at. Um, hosted, of course, by our good friend Pete who is a previous podcast guest. We hope to have him on again in the not-too-distant future. And it's on Saturday the 29th of July at the Arrow Valley Visitor Centre in Redditch this year, so it's not actually in uh, the Bromsgrove Rugby Club. Is that where it was? Rugby yeah. Club, yeah. That's right, because we had a, we podcasted in that little shack outside, didn't we? Yeah. So tickets, they're on, they're on the website listed as early bird tickets. I'm assuming that means... Um, Oh, it's a sales end on the 5th of June. So £8 for an adult, uh, £5 concessions, or for a family of four, £22, or a family of five, £25. What denotes a family of four? Two adults and two children? I'm guessing a family of five is going to be two adults and three children. Yes. So they're on offer until uh, Sunday the 4th of June. So, yeah, if you want to get tickets for that, great dash indoors.co.uk he's got a new domain name and a new website and everything and it looks a lot nice nicer so yes thanks Pete um, we encourage everyone to if they're in the area go along to that we had a good time last year hopefully there'll be a few different vendors and a few different games publishers there showing off their wares as well I know yeah. he's been in discussions with a few different people uh, I don't want to say anything just in case it's top secret but uh, yeah that's uh, that's coming up soon so that's going to be good fun we have someone to thank Yes. Because they sent us free stuff. Yes. It's only just arrived, so we haven't had a chance to review it yet, but we will be reviewing it. Um, Mage Company sent us a copy of 12 Realms, their game, and the expansion for 12 Realms, Ghost Town. Um, It only just arrived two days ago, I think, after some interesting postal confusion. Um, Thanks, Parcel Force. Oh, what happened? Um, Well, they left a slip in my door. And they said, they ticked the box where it said, will be delivered to your local uh, pickup point. Yeah. And then they wrote in the address. And then they, then they, underneath it, they wrote in capitals, or caretaker. Because I, okay. I live in a building where there is a caretaker. So it was a little bit sort of, um, well, which is it? Because I don't want to go all the way to the post office to then find out that you gave it to the caretaker. And I don't want to dis- disturb him like yeah, yeah. either early in the morning or late at night when technically he's not working to get a parcel, which might not even be there. So thanks, Parcel Fast. <laughs> it's it's better than the last time I had a Parcel Force one where they didn't deliver it to the local one. They delivered it to the main depot for the whole of the West Midlands, which is over in... It's near to Star City in Birmingham. Oh, okay. 
but they'd only just moved their warehouse. So when you Google mapped Parcel Force Depot, whatever it was, it sent us to the old address. Excellent. Yeah. And I, I just sort of was sat there going, there's a post office literally around the corner. Why didn't you leave it there? Uh, it's parcel force, though. They're not Royal Mail, are they, technically? Yeah, but there is a parcel force drop-off around the corner as well. Oh, okay. Which is where they said this time it might it might have been. There or downstairs. It ended up it was downstairs, thankfully. Okay. Because chasing around after parcel fast is not my favourite pastime. I don't think anyone enjoys trying to find parcels that have supposedly been delivered. No. Oh, well, we've got it now anyway, so we'll, yeah. we'll we'll play it and we'll review it. We might do a video. Should we do a video review? We've never done a proper video review. Maybe we'll do that. Maybe. Hmm. I know I've got a, a volunteer to help us playtest it. Oh, have we? Who's that? It's Gareth. Gareth. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Thanks, Gareth. It's been recorded now, Gareth, so you can't get out of it. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about what we've been playing and buying since the last episode. So I'll go first. Let's go non non board game mm-hmm. first of all. I bought myself a Raspberry Pi, mm-hmm. and I put Retro Pi on it. Yeah. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Retro Pi, it's a Linux distribution for the Raspberry Pi that basically boots straight up into a an interface where you can play a bunch of old uh, games with emulators. So NES, SNES, Atari Twenty Six Hundred, Mega Drive, Sega CD, or Mega CD depending on what part of the world you're from. Actually, the Mega Drive is also the Genesis if you're in America. Yeah. But uh, So, yeah, that's that. We uh, actually brought that to the games night. That's the, that, that was the thing that made me buy it, I think. We wanted something there that because we weren't sure if we might get a few people who were new to board gaming in, and if they got a bit bored, yeah. they'd have at least something to, to play. But it didn't really get used much, apart from when um, Claire's of the Heart turned up a bit late and uh, we were already both in the middle of games, so he couldn't yeah. join in. But yeah, that's really good. Um, got some Xbox controllers plugged into it. And uh, yeah, I've been steadily playing my way through Super Mario World. Oh, okay. So the SNES version. So I'm, uh, I think I'm about halfway through it. I'm playing it a couple of hours a week. Um, does it have a story? It does have sort of a story. You've got to kill all of Bowser's children. Delightful. Yeah. Well, Bowser's evil, and therefore all these kids are evil as well. Obviously. Yeah, and you've got to rescue... I think you've got to rescue the princess. Yeah, you do. I'm sure you do. She's always getting in trouble. I know. So that's that. Thoroughly recommended. Raspberry, I mean, the Raspberry Pi's only £30. And mm. then um, with a... I mean, I bought a kit, so it was £40, which came with a micro SD card and an adapter, power adapter. And everything, and I already had the Xbox controllers, so uh, yeah, that's all worked out very nicely. Uh, board games, then. So, at the aforementioned uh, charity night, the first game I played, uh, because it was a game I knew how to play and so I could teach it to people, was mm-hmm. Takenoko. Yay! Everyone so loves of... the cute little panda. Yes. It's the first time I got to play Takenoko, too. And did you play that? Yeah, I did. I, can't, I don't even remember you playing. I thought you were playing... I was sat next to you. Oh, you were, yes. We, we, what were what were the other contingent playing while we were playing Takenoko then? Oh, they they started playing Arkham Horror Living Card Game. Oh, and then you jumped into that after Takenoko had finished? After Rhino Hero. Rhino Hero, we played that as well. Yes, I forgot about that. We played that next. Did you demolish anything at that on that, or was it? No. I'm pretty sure the only people who demolished anything were uh, Sean and Sanji. Ah, yes. Our... Uh, they were our newbies, weren't they, really? They'd never yeah. played... They'd, I don't think they'd had much experience with board games at all, but they really got into Takenoko. Yes. Because it it, it, it's a four-player game. We yeah. had five people. We let them... Play together. Play together. And then they got super tactical. Yeah. You could just hear them just whispering to each other, going, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't put that tile there. We've no, got, we've got, wait, we can move we, him there. If we do that and then we do that, then, then yeah. <laughs> it's just like, guys, yes. I'm glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. We, we might have some converts. Maybe. Hopefully. So, yes, right now here are next. And then after that, we played um, Wizard School, which was a game we got in Kickstarter. Um, I say played. We... We played it for about an hour, I mm-hmm. think. Um, 
most of that was us figuring out the rules. Yeah. Once we figured out what we were doing, we were fine. But it's basically you draw things from a deck and either monsters come out and you have to defeat the monsters, um, but without letting your grade go down to like an F. If someone gets an F, then everyone fails. And that's what happened eventually. We just completely failed. But uh, it was good. And now now I know the rules. Then obviously the next time I play, it'll be a lot quicker. Because it says it's a 40 to 90 minute game. Um, yeah. But I mean, the way we were going, if we'd have carried on, we'd have easily been playing that for two or three hours. Yeah. I mean, I, at that point, was playing Arkham Horror Living Card Game. Um, and I was occasionally hearing bits of what you guys were saying. And it kind of sounded like it was sort of a similar play style. Because as we were sat there pulling out, like, super ghouls or whatever they're called um, from our our deck from our event deck, all the bad stuff that we had to kill. You guys were pulling out monsters from your deck, except Wizard School was a lot more sort of colourful and friendly version. Um, But yeah, I got to play Arkham Horror again roughly from a little bit from a little bit further on than we stopped last time. Um, And we managed to defeat the big boss of the act or whatever it's called. Oh, okay. So you got past the first um, story. First story, yeah. And then later on, I believe Gareth said, oh, actually we were playing it in a way that was slightly wrong, which made it ten times more difficult. I'm like, oh. (laughs) Did he he not not notice or did he know, but he just deliberately... I think he hadn't noticed. Okay. But we still defeated it, even if half of the people died. In the process. Okay. Uh, I had a games day with my friends, and mm-hmm. Nick is listening to this. Now, Nick knows what's coming. We played a game of Ice Cool. You know, flicky penguins everywhere. Yeah. And uh, so there was me, Nick, uh, his uh, fiance, and uh, her sister. Mm-hmm. And we were all there playing away. And then uh, Nick's young son decided it would be a good idea to spill coke all over the game. Ouch. Thankfully, the board is nicely well-coated in the silk mm. plus, so it just wiped off. And the cards didn't really get that much on them, so the cards got slightly stained, but not too bad. Okay. And um, But, Nick, don't worry. I've told you it's not a problem. First of all, it was a review copy of the game, so you don't owe me any money, or you don't need to buy me a new copy. It's no problem. And second of all, these things happen especially when you've got young children around. Yeah. I can imagine if it got very sticky, it wouldn't be very easy to uh, flick the penguins there. The board? No. I'd, yeah, probably not. But I'm, I say the the way the boards are made, they've got that sort of like really thin like plastic coating layer yeah. to, to them. So that wasn't wasn't really an issue. And the cards obviously don't, you know, you're not flicking yeah. things around on the cards, so it's fine. Um, after that, we, uh, we had to go at Plague Inc., mm-hmm. which um, came... A couple of months ago now, Kickstarter game, which is like, as I always say, it's reverse pandemic where you all play diseases and you have to kill everyone in the world. That was really enjoyable and everyone really liked that. And we'll definitely be playing that again. Did, everyone, did everyone, you kill everyone? Uh, I think I won that. I'm pretty sure I did. You'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think I did win that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, everyone starts on a different continent and then you evolve uh, different things in your disease, like cold resistance and heat resistance and airborne and seaborne, so you can travel to the other continents. Yeah. And then, yeah, you uh, evolve your disease and uh, kill as many people as you can. Yeah. I remember when it was a free app for, and well, Android. Well, I've got it on iOS, yeah. Um, whereas now you have to pay for it on Steam if you want the game. But when we first, when I first played it on the app, um, Chris and I were quite taken with it. Yeah, we were always trying to like think, oh, which which is the best sort of disease, and where should you start? Because obviously Canada is quite good to start because it's you can you can get to Greenland, which was always it was always the last place to go. Yeah, either Greenland or like Antarctica. And it's like you fuckers die already. I mean the, the the concept is obviously the same, but the execution is different because yeah. it's competitive as well. So, 
Um, but the components are nice. You get nice all these little disease cubes. Um, mm-hmm. Well, they're like little hexagons, and you get little DNA tokens, which are like little helix strands of DNA, which are very yeah. nice. And so, yeah, um, that was really, really good. Thoroughly recommended. Two thumbs up from Matt. Yay. I am actually doing two thumbs up, but I keep doing it, but people can't see me. So no. I just have to say, I am still giving it two thumbs up. Jolly good. And then at uh, the games night at my local gaming store, Asgard, uh, I played with Chris a copy of Summoner Wars, which I'd never come across before. He described it to me as like a minis game with cards. Yeah. Uh, having never played a minis game, I could not possibly comment, but... Effectively, you get like a big sheet um, that goes on a table with lots of spaces for the cards in a grid. Mm-hmm. Depending on which hero you start with, you have these things which are just walls placed somewhere in your half of the the field, uh, yeah. the play area. So you each get your own deck, which is different depending on which hero you are. Mm-hmm. And in there's lots of different types of units and there's like one cost ones and two cost ones. Yeah, And there's a little bit of a deck building element because you're picking up from the... A deck of five cards and then you can uh, discard some to get like mana mana f- for doing things yeah or you can play them as the unit that they are mm-hmm. uh, and then you can also move the units around on the play area mm-hmm. and basically the aim is to kill the enemy hero first yeah so quite quite good i like that mm-hmm. um i say i have not really ever played that type of game before but uh it sounds a bit like a trading card game as well yeah because, like, similar to Magic or Hearthstone. Well, there's no... Well, yeah, but it's all... The, the thing about those is there's no moving around. Oh, yeah. Because you just have your your things and you'll say, right, I'm going to attack that one. With this, you've got to move a unit to a certain, you know... It's either a ranged or a close-up one. So yeah. you've got to move it next to it so it can attack it, or you've got to have it in line of sight or whatever. Yeah, so. it's kind of like Lords of War. Yeah. Because that, you have to move stuff around. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So that's good. And then uh, after that, we played uh, a game which I've recently posted a preview of on our YouTube channel, which is Murder at Blood Mansion, which is a game that we were sent by the creator to review, or yep. preview, which is coming to Kickstarter soon. And uh, if you want to know more about that, just watch the preview video. It's basically a murder mystery card game where someone around the table is the murderer, um, but you don't know who it is immediately. You have to try and work it out, and then yeah. you have to accuse them. Or if you are the murderer, you have to escape. Yeah. Have I talked about it before? I probably have. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But the video is online if you want to watch it, and uh, I sent him a link, and he seemed very happy with it. So. Jolly good. Thanks, Braden, for sending us that game, and look forward to seeing it on Kickstarter in the near future. Mm. Okay, let's move on to our topic of the month. Now, this is going to be quite short because we were hoping we'd have a lot more to talk about than we actually do. Yeah. So we thought, well, I thought, and dragged you along, why don't we look in charity shops to see what we can find? Yeah. Because I'm sure there's bound to be all sorts of board games and things in charity shops. Mm. So we had a wander around Harborne in Birmingham, for those of you who don't know the area, near the university where we work. So we first went into the British Heart Foundation, and what did we see there? Jigsaws. Jigsaws. Not as many jigsaws as I expected. I went into one charity shop in Warsaw uh, a couple of months ago and it was plastered full of them, you know, mm. the entire wall full of jigsaws. Yeah. There were quite a few jigsaws. I would always be wary about buying a jigsaw from a charity shop. In case a bit's missing. There'll be a piece missing, won't there? And you'll spend hours building it and then you'll be like, Argh! where's yeah. this last piece of the house or this roof or something? Yeah. Like and lots of, uh, lots of, shall we say, traditional family-style board games. Yeah. So, Mouse Trap. There was an Angry Birds board game. I didn't know there was such a thing. There's an Angry Birds everything, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, yeah, 1,000-piece jigsaws. There was at least, you know, one version of Monopoly per shop, I think. Yeah, pretty much. So, Cat Protection League, what did they have? Oh, they didn't have a lot. No... But they had lots of little cat things, which you were quite taken with. Yes, they did have lots of cat things. They had a game uh, called Go For Broke. Yes. Yes, with the creepy family on the front. Like the creepies, a- the creepy 80s picture of the family on the front of the board. Yeah, you can always tell how old a game is which, based on the photograph. Yeah. If there's a photograph of actual humans on the board, chances are it's 80s. 
Let's let's look it up on BGG. See what it is. Go for broke is a roll and move game for two to five players. Mm-hmm. Players receive one million dollars from the bank and race to be the first player to spend all their money and go bankrupt. That sounds like. 80s excess. Yeah. Players can risk money at the racetrack, the casino, play the stock market, or make donations to charity. That doesn't sound like a very good family game. <laughs> Outcomes are determined by spend and receive cards, and by the spinners that represent various locations. It won the 1988 Aritz Spill Best Family Game, whatever that is. So there you okay. go. Okay. Apparently it was... Acceptable to teach your children to gamble away all their money in the end. And apparently on eBay, the cheapest listing is $59. Jesus. Should have bought that. <laughs> but on the BGG Marketplace, you can buy it for £8. So. Nah. And an edition from 1965 as well. So it's obviously quite a... When was the game first published? Does it say on here? Yeah, 1965. Apparently they still make it now. So there you go. Hmm. Doesn't exactly sound very wholesome, but no. What else we got? Bernardos. What did Bernardos have? Oh, this was Bernardos for children, so it was a lot of children-centric games. Uh, Another uh, another Monopoly. Yep. Bob the Builder. Logo. What am I? Don't know what that is. And Logo Billionaire. Logo Billionaire. That's just basically lots of brand logos, isn't it? Yeah, it's like those apps you get where the logo quiz. Oh, yeah, where, they where like, they're greyed out and you have to tell Yeah, you. where they've, like, taken out the words and stuff like that. Oh, they had they had a few more popular um, franchise-type games. Well, I wish I mean, like, games based on TV shows or whatever. Yeah. The Trotters Independent Trading... Oh, yes, I ...Only Fools and Horses game. Never Mind the Buzzcocks. Yep. Top Gear. I'm not sure how you can have a Top Gear. I don't know. Racing around the track, maybe? Hmm... Oh, it says it just says the ultimate car challenge board game. I see, and of course the obligatory copy of Ludo. Oh yes, Ludo, which was in pretty much every single shop we went into. Again, yeah, the game that literally means game. Yep, and that's it. Yep, that's all we managed to get through. Yeah, we didn't buy anything because obviously there was not really much worth buying. Unfortunately, no. it's always um, annoying when you. On occasion, on like the board game chat groups on Facebook, everyone's like, "Oh, I found this for fifty p." Yeah. It's like, "Well, screw you." I mean, I went to one a while back and saw. I think it was a Risk version. Yeah. Of some description, I couldn't remember which one because Risk I've never played, um, and that was it. And then just just jigsaws, jigsaws everywhere. Mm. Tis a shame. Well, I mean, it's not a shame because. It's just like us trying to get cheap stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I suppose. But then again, I think um, it will depend on the area. Yeah. Because Harborn, it does have a, a higher proportion of retirees. Right, okay. Who are probably more interested in jigsaws than they are in zombies. Yeah. For example. So you're more likely to get jigsaws and all the games that they have when for when the grandkids are little than sort of more modern adult board games yeah they'll go oh we need to buy a uh, little billy wants a board game what should we buy him oh monopoly oh he likes star wars let's get him star wars monopoly he'll like that mm. that kind of thing not let's not get him star wars rebellion this amazingly brilliant game no 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 we'll get him star wars monopoly Anyway. Maybe they should do like a Star Wars version of Cluedo. I feel like Cluedo's been left out of the ridiculous franchise version. I don't know if it has, you know, something in the back of my mind is telling me that there are tons of different versions of Cluedo. Let's have a look on the uh, on the, on the the Geek while we're here. It'd be called Clue, presumably, won't it? Mm, because two syllables is far too complicated. <laughs> It was called Cluedo when I was a child, and it will continue to be called Cluedo. Here we go. Alternative names. So, Clue, Alfred Hitchcock edition. Mm-hmm. Clue, Family Guy Collector's edition. Clue, Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Oh, gosh. Clue, Seinfeld Collector's edition. Why? I don't know. Clue, The Simpsons. I mean, that was that's pretty much guaranteed, isn't it? Yeah. 
Uh, Cluedo, Asterix, and die Normanen. Asterix and the Normans, presumably. Probably. Uh, Cluedo, Sherlock edition. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Cluedo the Simpsons, not Clue the Simpsons. We've had that. This is Cluedo yep. the Simpsons. Good. Cluedo. Now, can you read that? Looks Russian to me. Um. Yeah. Okay. That looks either Russian or Greek. Yeah. Uh, Cluedo, Cluedo. And then the German version, I think, is Detective. Mm -hmm. Detective Os Simpsons. (laughs) You get the idea. Yeah. But no Star Wars. No. So, yeah. Simpsons, Family Guy, Scooby-Doo, and Sherlock Holmes, and Asterisk. Asterix, not Asterisk. No, Asterix. Yeah, Asterix the Gold. Obelix. Obelix, yeah. Or Obelix. I've always said I've always said Obelix. So have I. So you know, I'd I'd be interested to know if anyone else finds anything in uh, in charity shops. So if you do, just drop us a line. Yeah. On the Twitters or the uh, or the Facebooks and just let us know. Mhm. Uh, let's go to Kickstarter corner there. It's that time of the month again. Yay! Uh, I've only backed one thing. Have you backed anything? I. I haven't backed anything new. The two things that I backed that I mentioned last time have funded, have funded which was Arkham Ritual and Subterra. Oh, yes, Subterra, yes. Which I was slightly cheeky and upgraded at Pledge Manager to include the expansions. Oh. Because I completely forgot to do it before it closed. Um, so, yeah. Okay. Looking forward to that one. And I backed a game we talked about last month, which is Yukon Salon, the one where you make haircuts for lumberjacks and, and beards for bears. No, beards for lumberjacks and haircuts for bears. Beards for bears. Beards for bears, for bears would be lovely. Yeah. Say it five times faster. Beards for bears, beards for bears, beards for bears, beards for bears. I can't do it. No. You just start to stand like beers for bears. Beers for bears. I don't think that would be a good no, idea. No, we don't want a lot of drunk bears roaming around the forest, do we? No, I have a friend who used to live in Moscow who told me all about drunk bears. Wow. About, um, yeah, a guy, because they've got um, trams, and he was waiting at a tram stop, and there was a crowd of people waiting at the tram stop. Tram stopped, doors opened, nobody got on, and then all of a sudden everybody sort of backed away, <laughs> and this drunk guy and a, his drunk bear walking on its hind legs got off of the tram. Wow. And sort of both staggered off down the road. I'm like, really? I thought that was just stereotypes. And he's like, no, no, really. There are just people who have pet bears in, in the middle of the city. I'm like, that's amazing. Okay. Okay. On that note, let's move on to what's arrived. Yep. You've had, finally, your copy of Lab Wars. Yes. I had my copy of Lab Wars. Um, I also got my copy of Addictive Alchemy and my copy of Wizard School, all after Matt got his copies. Grumble. Which strikes me as odd because you're closer to... Being closer to Birmingham, I would have thought that's where like the, the mail would all have to travel through Birmingham yeah. to get to me. See, I think the Lab Wars one was because I backed it at the base level and you backed it with the... The expansion, yeah. So yeah. they shipped at different times. So they so that's ship- fair enough. They shipped the one with the expansions first. But the Addictive Alchemy and Wizard School, we both backed exactly the same. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just unlucky. Maybe you are. Well, all of last year I got them first, so maybe this year you get them all first. Mm. Uh, so for me, the first game I had arrived this month was By the Rights, which is the movie-pitching party game. Which looks like it's going to be good fun. Nice, um, simple rules. You've got plots, locations, characters, and I can't remember the fourth one. But you basically have a hand of all these cards and then you have to try and make the wackiest movie you can out of them and try and sell it to the other players. So it's one of those, you know, oh, my movie's going to be about a retired police officer who one day sees a ghost and together they try to disarm a nuclear weapon or something. Fair that, enough. I, I mean, that, that, I don't think those cards are in the game. I just made that up, but yeah. you get the idea. Yeah. So looking forward to that. And then next up, finally, after I moaned about it last month, I think it was last month or the month before. Yeah. The worst, sorry, I'll do that again. The best expansion for the worst game ever finally arrived with the worst game ever. Yeah. 
So I I posted a message on Kickstarter saying, does anyone else had a response from the creator of this? Because uh, I sent him my details after he asked for them and never got anything. And then he replied saying, oh, lots of people sent me messages. Okay. And you could have at least acknowledged the ones that did send you a message. But yeah. hey-ho, the game's, the game's now here. You You had an interesting theory you sent me on WhatsApp. Oh, yes. The whole... Um... Kickstarter experience was was part of the worst game ever experience. The worst Kickstarter ever. Yeah. No communication, delayed shipping, blah, blah, blah. Surly messages. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we had a quick play of it. Um, It's an odd one. The guy who made the game, he was on a Dice Tower video the other day. And he was saying that the mechanic of the game was he deliberately chose one that he didn't like. Oh, okay. So that whole so you you everyone's got ten coins. You pay a coin to to have a go in in your when it's your go, uh, and then you play a card or cards from your hand, and any of the other players can play cards at any time if they make sense to do so. And all the cards are basically tropes of things that happen in board gaming. Yeah. So like, uh, I, I, you know, I can't think of any now off the top of my head. Now that we're and then I'm on the spot. There are some that were like, if you have the most amount of money, take some money off of someone else. Yeah, just rich because. get richer. Yeah. Um, there was one that was like, oh, this this card copies the same effect as any other card on the board on yeah. the table. But there were some that were just you couldn't play them in the two player game. I'll tell you the one I liked: the if a person is distracted by something in real life take three yeah. coins from them or if they play with their phone mm-hmm. yeah i got the the smartphone one i was waiting for you to look at your phone but you never did i was doing it up until that point wasn't i and then i stopped. yeah i didn't know you had that card no so the expansion has apparently got i haven't opened it yet the expansions apparently got um cards that are based on different publishers so they use it like i can't i don't know what's in there but like if a certain publisher uses a certain mechanic all the time yeah and that's one of their cards for example so like a tiny epic yeah yeah i have mixed feelings about the worst game ever well it really is a bad game but it's deliberately a bad game so but then should 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 he be rewarded for making an awful game i don't know even if he is trying to do it ironically or is he trying to do it ironically is he just is is it just a bad game that he thought? Lol. Let's see if anybody buys this. Maybe. If so, I've fallen into the, his trap. nefarious trap. Yeah. But, but never mind. I'm. Yeah. Ne- I'm. As I said last time, I'm probably never going to back one of his kickstarters again after the experience I got with with this one. So. Yeah. And a couple of days after that, the game Fugitive arrived, which I haven't opened yet. I'm going to do that as an unboxing video. Mm-hmm. And because it's been so long since I backed it, I can't remember a lot about it other than the fact that. One of you is a fugitive and the other person is trying to catch him or her. Oh, yes. I think I remember this one. It's yeah. a fairly small game, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I'll do a video and a brief overview of that soon. Super. So I don't have much to say about that. And uh, you've had uh, one slash two more games arrive. Yes. I have had Dragon Keeper The Dungeon arrive, which bizarrely came with Wacky Challenge. Which I wasn't expecting. I can't see any reference to it on the Kickstarter. I had a look. No, I mean, it may have been that they said, oh, we'll throw in a, one of our older games because it did take a while to get Dragon Keeper shipped and made. But to be fair, I don't actually read most of my Kickstarter messages. I only read it when it goes, we've shipped it. And I'm like, yay. Or send us your information now or you will not receive your game. And yeah. you're like, oh shit, I'd better fill this form in. Yeah. Oh, oh who was it? Oh yeah, for sub Subteric, is that finished recently? No matter how many times I tried to get Pledge Maritus to send me the invite email, it just would not show up. It wasn't going in junk. It wasn't appearing at all. So then I just, all, the, the easy way around it is just to log in to pledge manager and it was there as an invite yeah. waiting for me but it just annoyed me that the email didn't turn up that's strange yeah so dragon keeper um i backed it maybe a year ago a bit more it's got a 3d board 
So you, you build a castle out of three boxes in the it come the box is the board and then there's an extra half box in there. So you have a three tiered castle that you work your way down um so that you can pay tribute to the dragon. Basically. How do you pay tribute to him? Do you just say, Hey dragon, Trends. you're looking really nice. No, I think you have to uh <laughs> Because what it it's it's a bit complicated to explain, but there's four different colours of tiles, and you have to direct the dragon to eat the because they're adventurers trying to get into his right, castle, okay. whereas you're trying you're on the dragon side. Uh... However, all of the colours relate to your former guild. So you were once in a guild. Ah, okay. So if you feed the dragon, lots of everybody else's guild gets you more points than if you end up with lots of your former guild in your stacks. Right. Um, And then along the way you gain treasure, but to pay tribute to the dragon, at the end you have to give him some treasure. Because, you know, dragons like gold. They do. Everyone knows that. Yeah. And donkeys, apparently. Oh, okay. Um, and then with Wacky Challenge, which I was not expecting, um, immediately made me think of the old cartoon Wacky Races, mm. which I think is possibly the point. Um, as the blurb on the back says, you are about to embark on a crazy race. Reach as many stopover towns as possible with the different vehicles available. So basically, it looks like you are any number of interesting, crazy-looking uh, characters in weird-looking vehicles. And uh, it's a short game. They reckon it only takes seven minutes to play. For two to seven people, ages seven and up. That's a strange number, two to seven. Yeah. I presume it's because there's only seven characters. But from the back, there's there's weird-looking motorbikes, things that look like lawnmowers attached to trains, aeroplanes, boats that go on the land, cars. So, yeah, it sounds a lot like um, Wacky Races to me. So let's move on to our ones to watch, where we take a look at some Kickstarters which we think look particularly interesting. Yep. Um, the first one on our list is Outlast Westbrook, which is a zombie... A survival horror game. Yep. Where it's it's a co-op game, but one player plays the zombies, and then everyone else has to try and escape. So this is a two to five player game. It says it will be about forty five minutes, and the pledge levels are for a base copy of the game. Uh, it's twenty five dollars plus nine dollars shipping to the UK. I presume it's the same for everywhere because it just says nine dollars shipping on the uh, on the Kickstarter. So if we click on that, yeah, looks like nine dollars to everywhere in the world. So that's quite nice. So it's not too expensive. So it's $34 in total for the base game. There's there's higher levels with more copies of the games and uh, like a superior version. Basic gist of this is it's a 5x5 grid of tiles and everyone starts in the middle except for the uh, person playing the zombies or the juggernaut, he said. I don't know if that's like a... Yeah, I think there's the juggernaut and zombies in general that you play. Yeah. Um, Interestingly, even if you're only having two players... The person playing the survivors will be playing four survivors. Yeah, so you'll split it up equally. Yeah, or not if there's three of you. But hey. yeah, so there will always be four survivors that have to be rounded up. Yeah, and escape. Escaped and or killed and yeah. eaten. And what are you escaping from? You're escaping from a giant nuclear explosion that's going to drop on the city and kill everything. Yep. So there's a timer built into the game, and there's like a a, a round track with a nuclear bomb on it, and it keeps moving along. And after yep. 12 rounds, if no one's escaped, then the bomb goes off and the zombie player wins. Yep. Although really we're all dead, so... Yeah, so no one wins, really. Does, no. Would zombies get killed by a nuclear explosion? Probably. Could, can zombies get radiation poisoning? Well, I suppose if they're... If they're close enough to the epicentre, then fair enough. Yeah, if they're in the the blast zone, then they'll probably just disintegrate like a normal human would. Maybe not this juggernaut character, because he seems sort of supersized, hence the name. Yeah. But 
No. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know whether they'd get radiation poisoning. These are the kinds of important questions we need answers to. But, yeah, because, I mean, they're dead, so... Exactly. They probably don't... They're decaying anyway. They, they don't care if their food is contaminated. No. Because, I mean, the whole concept of, of zombies being the, the dead risen is... It really annoys me because it's so... That just doesn't work. It's so implausible. Yes. Like... How how much how much strength does it take to bite through human flesh and a decaying zombie with no muscle tone and like bits hanging off of it? It can't like how would it even walk, let alone have enough strength in its jaw to rip through human flesh? Can't say I've ever given it much thought, but uh, now that I know uh, know what your your thoughts are, when I watch The Walking Dead, I will bear that in mind. Yeah, I mean the only the only one that sort of tried to tackle it was 28 days later because they're not technically zombies they're just infected humans right okay Never which is why they also run around a lot you oh, should watch okay. it it's good so from zombies we go to greek gods which seems to be uh, another popular theme on kickstarter recently yeah there's been quite a few of those lately um this one is divinity derby yep which is where you all play gods who are betting on which mythical creature is the fastest? Yeah. So griffins, pegasus. Dragons. Dragons. And uh, the, the thing I like about this game is the, the mechanic of the, the movement um, is all done by cards. But if you imagine that you're playing a four-player game, and everyone is sitting in a corner of the board, and then along the sides are the hands of the cards... Yep. And the the two sets that you can see on either side of the board from yep. you are the two you can use. So everyone is sharing at least one hand with the person next to them. Yeah. Which I think makes makes it quite interesting because obviously there's that makes it a bit more tactical, you know. Do I use that card? I know he can do this. So do I use that card that I can see yeah. to use it? But he might have that other card then similar card on the other side. You don't yeah. Know. That that is um this is an interesting one. Yeah. Uh, it's not massively expensive, $35. It's quite a big game. It's got lots of nice little miniatures of the different creatures in. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, $35 for the base game, 54 a deluxe version. No, $80 for a deluxe version, $50 for um, the standard and deluxe stretch goals. For the $35, you only get the standard stretch goals. Okay. Not Sounds sure. complicated. It's very complicated, yeah. But um, shipping, it's another one of those ones where shipping isn't included until after the campaign ends and they haven't given definitive prices. They've just given rough estimates. So for someone in the UK or EU who wanted to buy this game, you're looking, they estimate 8 to $14 shipping. Yeah. Which is not horrendous, but I just like to know up front how much I'm going to be paying. Mm. I don't like to be hit with hidden charges later on. Yeah. I've, I've said this before, there's no point keep beating on the same drum. Okay, so we've done zombies. Yep. Done gods. Yep. What's next? Dinos. Dinosaurs, yeah. This is Dinosaur Island, which is from the guys who made Dead of Winter and also Titans of Industry. That's John Gilmore and Brian Lewis. Yep. Uh, it's currently on Kickstarter for $60 for the base game plus $25 delivery to the UK, so it's not quite as cheap as some of the other games we no. tend to focus on. But this looks this looks great. So you are building a dinosaur theme park. Where have we heard something like that before? Mm. Mm. There's even there's even a little mosquito in amber on the front of the Oh box. is there? <laughs> oh yeah. So not not influenced by any kind of popular fiction or movie franchise. No. no. Never. Completely original concept. But basically in this game it's a worker placement game and you are collecting DNA, researching DNA of different species of dinosaur and combining them in the correct sequence to bring these dinosaurs back to life. And you have to try and build the most thrilling park uh, that will attract the most people, but you've also got to make sure they don't get eaten by the dinosaurs as well. Yes, that so is you've got an a bit of security. Part. Yeah. Important factor to dinosaur theme parks. So the example they give on the page is, you know, do you go big and create a pack of raptors? You know, they'll excite lots of guests, but you better make sure you've got the security there, otherwise they will break out and start eating everyone. But you could play it safe and have a load of herbivores, but 
they won't kill anyone, but they're not really going to attract anyone either. So I don't know. I'd be quite excited to see a theme park, even if it was just yeah, I would dinosaurs, as well. because they're freaking dinosaurs. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. Nah, but if there were two parks, one with the herbivores and one with a T-Rex and Velociraptors, which one would you go to? Mm. Imagine you'd never seen Jurassic Park, so you didn't know that Velociraptors were bitey, scary, scratchy, scary. I mean, apart from all the stuff you learn when you're a child, well, yes, when you study dinosaurs, yeah. Um, I don't know because my favourite dinosaur when I was little was the Triceratops. I was always quite fan of the Diplodocus. Yeah, and Diplodocus. Yeah, and I think when we were younger, my brother quite liked the Stegosaurus as well. Okay. So, for, like, the whole nostalgia of childhood, I might go to the herbivore park. Okay, fair enough. You don't you don't have to have tigers in a zoo to make a good zoo. That's true. That's very true. So this game's been really, really, you know, well-funded. They're, they're nearly 2,000% funded at the time of recording. Yeah. With nearly $300,000. They only wanted 15000 so... Mm. So yeah, Dinosaur Island. I I think I might back this one. Yes, it is very tempting because yeah. it, it some of the um, the cards and stuff they remind me a little bit of Evolution, which is another game that mm. I quite would like to get but haven't. And the super neon pink T Rex on the front of the box <laughs> is is quite convincing. Yeah, it's very ni- early nineties tastic, isn't it? Late eighties, yes. early nineties. Yes, not at all themed around a certain release of a movie that might have come out it may in like have come out in the mid 90s early to mid 90s yeah. yeah never okay so that's dinosaur island um next up is just a quick mention uh the next one on my list is tavern masters the extended print run which is just a uh, sort of like a re replay of a campaign that happened last year where they just want to print more copies yeah so if you came across tavern masters last year and you feel bad that you missed out on the chance to get it then it's on there now with a few days to go and so uh, yeah get on there and check that out next up we've got a game from some people we know well not know but we are we have had a game from them before indeed it's from alley cat games which is cesar and cooley who uh, you may remember we mentioned after our ukg uh, trip last year as they both went to birmingham university where we both work, and they are the creators of Lab Wars, which we mentioned earlier as having me having had it arrive. Um, and the Cauldron Master is... Uh, you are... Each coven has five witches, um, similar to the way that um, having different characters in Lab Wars works. You both... Well, you and your competitors play it face down and reveal it and then presumably it then dictates which order you go in then you are also set collecting to collect ingredients to make the strongest potions to go in your cauldron and there's also some push your luck elements and they've also it's not in the video but i think um it says since the review copies came back, um, they're also adding secret objectives where they're giving you a recipe card, which gives you three extra ways to score secret bonuses. It's on Tabletop Simulator already. Oh, okay. I might uh, have a look at that. They've got the rule book and the print and play cards on, on there as well, which is nice. Yep. And similarly to Lab Wars, it's fairly well-priced. Um, obviously, the a British company, they're, they're based in Cambridge, UK. Um, so it's $15 or about £12 for one copy of the game. Um, if you want a signed copy with a custom witch, witch meeple. Actually, that meeple looks cool. It's got a little witch hat and a broom. Yeah. Then that will be £22 or $27. And then you can have uh, a your face re-illustrated as one of the apprentice cards for £95 or $118. So if you want to be a, a, a yeah, a witch. Yeah. Immortalised. Yeah. In witch form. Card form. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Ha ha ha. Oh, no. It's 
strike that. You can't you can't have goddess here, which is the one where you get um your face in it. It's almost the one gone. gone, okay. So there's witch tier and apprentice tier. Witch tier is chaos exclusive. Apprentice tier is just uh the regular retail edition of Cauldron Master. Witch tier? The witch tier. Which tier is that? The witch tier. Okay. The tier of witches. Ah. The tier which the witches witched. Witch about on. <laughs> is that what happens when uh they when they cry? It's the witch tears. Yeah. I could just keep going on like this all day. I won't I for know. the sanity of the listeners, but you know me, I love a bad pun. Some people have to listen to this while driving, Matthew. You're going to induce road rage. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure everyone loves it. So let's go on to the big game of the month. Yep. Which everyone listening to this should know about because it's been getting a lot of press. Because of a $300,000 goal, they've currently raised nearly $2.5 million. Yeah. And that is Rising Sun. Now, we just watched the video of this, and I must say, I didn't realise just how expansive it was. It is very, very big. Yes, there's a lot of stuff in there. Lots of miniatures. The miniatures all look gorgeous. They do. They all look pretty amazing. A big board, lots of cards and tokens and, and things. And uh, basically, you're playing a clan in ancient Japan. Japan. I was going to say China then, but I, my brain—I knew it was Japan, but my brain just wanted to say China yeah. for some reason. So you've got the the koi, the dragonflies, the bonsais, the lotus, and the turtles, and they all look pretty, pretty intimidating to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is—I uh, I mean. It'd take too long to go through all the rules in this, but effectively you are. I think the the general strapline is that you're trying to rebuild Japan in the honour or in the image of um, the kami, which are sort of like gods. Oh, not kami from Street Fighter. No, no. So there's only one um, pledge level of this: hundred dollars. And shipping is charged at after the end. the end. Let's see if they've put an estimate. Estimate? Yeah, because I suspect it will probably be close to something like another thirty dollars to ship because yeah. it is large and it's going to be heavy. So USA ten to fifteen dollars. Europe fifteen to thirty dollars to most countries. That's not as bad as I would have expected. Yeah, I mean it sucks if you live in Greece and Turkey where it'd be another seventy dollars. <sighs> Yeah, double the price of the game just to get delivered. Yeah. Um, but it does look absolutely amazing and gorgeous. Yeah. It says it, it reckons it'll be a ru- around four kilograms. Yeah. So if you think about it, if you've ever had to send Christmas presents in the Royal Mail, if you've ever had to send a box in the post and how much you've been ripped off, just think... Yeah. On that scale. I've I've had to send boxes in the post that have cost like twenty one quid. <sighs> and they weren't nearly as interesting as yeah, this. Yeah. Um so I I reckon if it's fifteen to thirty pounds, I reckon the UK will probably be at the thirty pounds end of that because you have to we're not mainland and you have to send mm. it on a ship yeah. or a plane. outside of uh France, which is usually where stuff comes in. Oh, no, it does say we'll either ship from our hub in the UK. Oh, so maybe oh, okay. it won't so be. maybe it won't be. Maybe it'll be at the cheaper end, yeah. Maybe. We will see. We will see if I back it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I will be at that price, actually, but... I which know. is a shame. It is a shame. Because, actually, I, I would like it, but... It does look amazing. Just be grateful we don't live in Russia, the Ukraine, Kazakhstan or Afghanistan, because they don't ship to those countries. Yes. I mean, apart from other reasons... It might be unfortunate <laughs> to live in those places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, next up, I wanted to give a shout out to a fundraiser for a podcast slash video channel. Yep. Obviously, because we're in that industry as well. Two can play that game, which is a, it, it's a two can. Two can play that game. Yep. You see, you see as in the bird. Little play on words there. Um, they're just after some funding to to keep producing content. They've they've successfully funded, but uh, if you know if you've seen their stuff and you like what they do, 
then you can uh, give them a few pounds of your well-earned money. Uh, you know, for five pounds, you can have your name shown in the credits on the videos on the yeah. website. Or, uh, for £10, you can be sent a Christmas card from them. That's Aww. nice. Maybe we should do that. What, send people Christmas cards? Yeah, £5 for a Christmas card from the Offline Gamer. Well, then we'd have to set up a crowdfunding oh, thingy. Yes. Um, next up, I wanted to talk about uh, Grimslingers, the Northern Territory, which is an expansion for Grimslingers. Yep. Um, I'm not sure I will probably back this because I haven't played the base game yet, really. Me neither. Um, but it's there. and We've talked about Grimslingers before. Um, um, it took yeah. a long time to arrive, but hopefully this won't be quite so bad because he's already yeah. got the game sorted. Um, and it doesn't seem to have affected enthusiasm as it's already 285% yeah. funded with a good two and a bit weeks left. It is an absolutely beautiful game. Oh, yeah. The Without art is amazing. Um, just haven't had a chance to sit down and play it just yet. And I think the last thing uh, to talk about is um, I was watching, again, another Dice Tower video, and they had a guy on from a company called Restoration Games. Okay. And what that company does is they take old games that are now out of print that were made in the 50s, 60s, 70s, Yeah. and they give them a new lick of paint... They beef up the mechanics so they're a bit more like the type of game you would get now yeah. and then republish them. So they're kickstarting a game called Stop Thief, which is a game that originally came out in the 1970s. But as I say, it's not the same game. They've replaced some of the core mechanics with more mm-hmm. modern versions to make it more palatable to modern modern yeah. gamers. I, I like the I like the idea of what they're doing because you know, there are there have been a lot of games developed over the years that have good themes and good concepts. Yeah. But because the mechanisms and the, the you know, the community around board gaming was not as advanced as it was back then. Yeah. Things were a lot simpler to try and get people to play. Now that the average gamer is a lot more educated and, you know, a lot more familiar with all the various mechanisms that are in play, um, they they can beef up these games. So so yeah, I, I really like the idea of what they're doing. So if you've ever played Stop Thief or you want to know a bit more about that, then just look up their, uh, their Kickstarter page. It was originally published in, as I say, 79, this one. And it's been uh, restored by uh, Rob, I don't know, he pronounced his surname, Davio. Yeah. The guy who did Pandemic Legacy. And Seafall. And Seafall, yeah. So that's $29 for a copy of the game. And this doesn't look like it's going to be charged shipping afterwards, is it? No, $8 shipping to the UK. That's not too bad. Yeah, that's all right. So that's it for games. Um, there was another Kickstarter topic we wanted to talk about because we, we back a lot of Kickstarters. Yeah. And we've had experience with Kickstarters that haven't gone great. Yeah. It has to be said. Um, but also, as, as some people know from uh, listening to our past episodes and some of the things we've talked about, uh, mental health is quite an important thing to us yeah. as well. So this... This has been covered quite widely in the in the gaming press. The, the thing that happened with uh, one of the guys around the Robotech Kickstarter, yeah, which has been delayed and delayed and delayed, and is you know there's a lot of bad things being said about this Kickstarter online. One of the designers of the game, well, not I don't think he actually designed this game specifically, but he works with the company who did it, and that's Palladium. Uh, a guy called Carmen Belair. He um, wanted to launch his own game. Yeah. But he posted a thing on the Robotech Kickstarter page saying, oh, this is going to be my... This is the game I'm going to be working on. It's to do with the Rifts IP, which I'm not massively familiar with. And so he's he basically posted this massive, massive, massive comment um, saying, I'm going to be doing this and... Uh, you know, if this funds, then it'll be great for both my project and the Robotech one because it means I'll be able to help Palladium sort yeah. their games out as well. And he got a lot of uh, flack for doing this and, uh, you know, got a lot of vitriol yeah. spewed in his general direction. Not long after, um, the Palladium president put an update on the Robotech Kickstarter saying that uh, Carmen had actually tried to commit suicide because of all the drama that had come out based on this. Yeah. Now, we don't know much more than that other than what's been put on various news sites. You know, um, he was found by his wife, so he's not dead. He's still alive. Don't know what condition he's in. Um, 
but it's an interesting one because I think you've got a few different things in play here. You've got the the general problem that you get with the internet, which is the air of anonymity. Yeah. That a lot of people think, oh, people don't know who I am, so I can just, yeah, you know, tell people to kill themselves or do all sorts of stuff, which is what YouTube tried to combat a couple of years ago when they said that everyone needs to use their real name. Yeah. But it doesn't seem to have helped. No. Um, I think, I mean, I don't know, some people who would be inclined to do that kind of thing would not care if you knew it was them anyway. Yeah. There's also this excuse um, that I've seen on lots of documentaries where, like, celebrities have gone and tried to find the trolls. Yeah. Um, I think there was, I can't remember who it was. Um, There was one where um, they found the guy and he was just like, yeah, but it's the internet. I don't mean it. And it's like, don't say why it then. say it then? Yeah. And the people seem to think that just because it's on the internet, that doesn't mean that they're being serious. And it's like, well, that's kind of a poor excuse. It's like, oh, it's your fault for getting offended. It's like, no. No. You're purposefully trying to be offensive and abusive. Um, and just because it's not face-to-face with someone in person doesn't mean it's any less powerful what you said um and doesn't mean you can use the excuse of oh i didn't mean it because if you don't mean it don't fucking say it you sorry i get very angry at this (laughs) yeah yeah i i can understand that the robotech backers are frustrated because it's been like four years and they still haven't got their game yet yeah which is pretty pretty bad i think the other thing that's probably quite unfortunate is the way that the news of the suicide came out a suicide attempt came out. Yeah. The the fact that it was posted as an update on the Robotech Kickstarter page. Yeah. Uh, and I think he, the guy was trying to sort of distance himself from it a bit. But he's effectively come out and said, oh, you know, this guy tried to, to kill himself. You know, I don't know whether they had a discussion about, you know, do you mind if I tell the world what you've tried to do? I'm yeah. Not, I'm not entirely sure that that happened. And then the problem is now that makes Carmen's, you know, your reputation once people learn that you've tried to do that some some people will will take that in a negative way yeah i mean the other thing is the cynical people out there will probably see it as um palladium using the suicide attempt as a flag to wave and say oh well we can't possibly get you your games now yeah um, which is the other thing, because then it's that that that's just going to backfire on um, Carmen, who obviously doesn't need that sort of extra stress in his life. Yeah, yeah, it's just a really difficult situation. Obviously, we're only on the fringes of this, so you know um, we don't know the full story. Um, there's a lot of articles being written about it. If you if you search google but i thought it was important just to mention because you know we do talk about kickstarter a lot on this podcast and as i say mental health and things is is very important to us and you could argue that if he knew that he was going to be uh susceptible to this should he Mm. have put himself in that position but then the other side of it is you can't let your illness control your life yeah we've been there yeah it's just a shame that People can be assholes. They can, unfortunately, and there's nothing we can do about it. No, not much. Okay, well, on that note, I think we should call it quits for this month. Yep. So everyone knows how they can find us. Follow us on Twitter, at Togcast, or search for The Offline Gamer on Facebook. Uh, You can also visit our website, which is www.offlinegamer.co.uk. Um, we're also on SoundCloud, which is soundcloud.com forward slash offline gamer. So you can subscribe there or you can search for us on iTunes. Just look for the offline gamer. And of course, if you don't do the social medias, you can always email us offline gamer podcast at gmail.com or there is a contact form on our website. So that's it for this month. We'll see you next time for episode 20. Ooh. Ooh, four months to go. And we'll Until be two, two years, years old. See, do we start calling it season one and season two? Like, what is a season? Oh, I don't think we I'll, should go with all this season. No, because we haven't really had a break in between. No. 
No. Most podcasts don't do seasons. They just keep going. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll keep going for as long as people want to listen to us. And then maybe a bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thanks very much, everyone. And we'll see you next month. Bye. Bye-bye.